dream, we a 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 dream, 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 dream we dream 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 why are we doing this podcast? Why are we here, John? Yeah. For, first uh, of all, who are we? Right. That's... We have some things to establish first. <laughs> That's uh, really important. Let's not put the uh, the the purposeful I don't part actually before want the any personality personal... horse. I'm not going to give any personal information ever. Oh, you're just going to be a voice floating in the We're just going to call her O. <laughs> <laughs> Even that's too much. That's, that's <laughs> a little My much. name is Ben Bear. I am a uh, comedian, musician, and writer in Chicago, Illinois. Well, don't Are you we... sound professional? It does. I've done this before. Like, <laughs> yeah, I am professional. This is like... No, just in your I'm life. I'm literally a professional comedian. <laughs> I'm John. I am a gelatinous fish monster. Um, and I am a musician in Chicago, Illinois. John is what we would call a cryptid. I, I am a cryptid. <laughs> I dance around at night. There it's are, real cool. <laughs> there are legends of John throughout various cultures around the world, but there's no real proof of his existence. I'm trying to break into that urban legend sphere, right. and you know, it's 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 hard. It's right. hard work, but someone's got to do it. You'll get there. Yeah. And I am Olivia Beatty. Oh, we're gonna go there. One. Oh man. Oh, this is my on, last name. You're on the grid now. I am also a musician and web person you're a, a person of the web <laughs> that is to say a spider a spider. spider queen i'm the only human on this <laughs> yes. actual podcast yeah it's gonna yeah. be uncomfortable for you ben ironic given that my last name is a bear oh there, there you hey. go. oh oh Whoa. oh yeah that's, sorry uh, i interrupted your that, introduction and i apologize about all i got okay. musician cyclist Web and now podcaster and one of those people who does the podcasting. Yes, and generally, if you haven't, if you can't tell already. Just a little, little awkward. Just a big old weirdo. All of us. All mm, of us. Yeah. Okay, yeah. if you insist. Um, I, do. I do insist. <laughs> <laughs> well, so why are, now that we've established who we are, what? Why are we here? Okay. Well. Um, we're here to talk about Sigourney Weaver. We're going to watch every movie that Sigourney Weaver has mm. ever been in. Yes. There are so many. We're so many good ones. So many good, good And movies. so many other ones. That are gonna, <laughs> we're going to get through. Like we Paul. And, then, and the number one question that we get when we tell people that we are doing this podcast is, why? And to that I say, why not Sigourney Weaver? Exactly. Who, other than Sigourney Weaver, would be so deserving? Okay, Meryl Streep. Who, other than Meryl Streep and Sigourney Weaver, would be so deserving of a podcast devoted to their oeuvre? That's so, pretty good. So, yeah, why not Sigourney? So, I, I turn She's that great. question back on you, the asker. Um, well, to give an actual reason that's not just why not. <laughs> it's not just a deflection. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Sigourney Weaver is the the unofficial queen of sci-fi. It's true. So she sort of has like, you know, she's really carved out her place in a in a genre, and um, I I admire the amount of of effort that that has probably taken to do. Um, also, and the probably first less money than uh, she 
should have gotten. Sigourney <laughs> Sigourney Weaver that. is in this rare echelon of actors like Tom Hanks, where they they may be in a bad movie, but Sigourney Weaver will never be bad in that movie. Mm. Yes. yes. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I think we'll probably uh, we're, we'll put we're, that to the test. We will put that to the test. I think. But I I, I posit to you True. that Sigourney Weaver has never been bad in a movie. Yeah. No. She's generally I I haven't seen that many movies with her in it but right. the ones that i i have seen i've always enjoyed her performance and i i'm not sure that i could put you know pinpoint what it is exactly that <laughs> makes me like her so much but it's just she's great she is and uh, she's also the the first ever female star of an action movie which is oh yeah pretty dang cool yeah. as well yeah um, i mean well judy garland what what action movie? Wizard of Oz. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. A lot of action. A lot so of action. Much, so much action. Flying monkeys. The, come on. The house falls on someone. Sure. There's a there's a drug part. It, that's just like Cloverfield. She kills. Yeah. She kills <laughs> no less than two people in that movie. <laughs> She's so badass. She just, just throws water, water on. Her. Yeah. <laughs> them witches. Amazing. She is a she is a witch slayer. We'll that we'll save that for our Judy Garland podcast. <laughs> Perfect. Call it. Um. Oh, so. Man. Uh, we additionally have two goals, two reasons that we started this podcast. One attainable and one sort of a moonshot. Super shot. attainable. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Optimistic. The first goal is to create a definitive ranking of every Sigourney Weaver movie ever from best to worst. Now, are we going to have to, are we going to come up with that collectively or is that going to be a, for, to each their own typo deal in order for this to be definitive i think we have to be in agreement all right yeah i think well, so and i think that get ready for some let's give it let's give it some some stars or face huggers yeah, or yeah. something mm. and, and the, the second goal which may or may not be attainable depending on who you ask is to meet sigourney weaver so if you the listener have any connection to sigourney weaver if your uncle plays golf with her agent if you used to watch her dog please please tell her about this podcast so that we can meet her now's the time to pull those strings we want to get sigourney weaver in olivia's apartment i saw this thing where she went to like a high school production of alien so she's pretty dang cool like she's like she seems like the type who'd be like what there's a podcast about me (laughs) i got just about me (laughs) i got a little me yeah (laughs) the first movie uh and just for the listeners we are going by the uh wikipedia entry for sigourney right. weaver um her listed filmography on wikipedia which is as we all know the full repository of mm. human knowledge um so it seems like a pretty good good bet we, we're going to watch and discuss every sigourney weaver movie chronologically and i think feature film feature film yes to be we're not no. doing documentaries short TV films, shows no video game so what was the first movie we watched Annie Hall. That's right. Annie Hall. 1977 by uh, Woody Allen was the director of that movie. And Ben, you had seen, you had not seen that before? Never seen Annie Hall or any other Woody Allen movie before. For some reason I thought you had. Neither have I. Nope. Or had I. I now did watch it. For those of you who have seen Annie Hall, you're probably thinking Sigourney Weaver was in Annie Hall. And and even if you have seen it, you might also think... (laughs) Oh. Sigourney Weaver was in that movie. Full she, disclosure, she I watched the whole thing and, and did not notice her. 
Um, She's super easy to miss. It's uh, yeah. very, very easy to miss. I very much did. Yeah. <laughs> if I did not. <laughs> did you go back? Nope. Okay, good. But that's okay. fine. If I missed her, I missed her. And um, if I did not look up where she was in the movie before same. I actually watched it, I would have never known it was her. Absolutely. Never. She She is in... Just a very small scene, an incredibly v- wide shot. Very, at the very far end away. Of the movie. You, you can tell that she has kind of reddish hair, and she's, she's much, much taller. She's the tallest than person. Woody Allen. We'll talk about more about that scene when we get there. Another, t- another tough thing, just watching movies that are um, from 1977, is that there were a lot of people who I recognize or should have recognized mm. in yeah. in this movie, and. Didn't. They're just like little babies. Oh, yeah. They're Such so smooth young. faces on these people. So um, what what was this movie about in sort of like broad terms? I mean, it's basically I, I read a few kind of critical analysis analyses, analyses of it mm. after the fact because mm-hmm. it's pretty it's a well pretty acclaimed movie. Highly regarded. Yeah. Launched a lot of careers. That's no, there you go. <laughs> like Helen of Troy, this is the movie that launched oh a thousand careers. Like, like Sigourney <laughs> Weaver's career. It really, really, yeah. They were like, wow, that it. girl in yep. the background did such she a good job. Wow, she's oh. so tall. <laughs> but for those uh, of you I guess who didn't regarded. know, Sigourney Weaver is six foot eight. <laughs> she's real tall. <laughs> I'm just kidding. She is. She is five eleven and a half, according to Wikipedia. Oh, it's like. That's, that's pretty she tall. Is, she is. She's my height. More than four inches taller than me. She is my Great. height. Are, Are you f- short? I'm five foot seven. <laughs> yeah, I'm super short. I, I, I never pay attention. I, I looked now, up exactly how short I am once. Known him I'm for. <laughs> I'm three know. inches shorter than the average man of my mm-hmm. age. It's also hailed as kind of like the the forerunner of the modern rom. The modern rom com mm. as a as a although deviation. it's a very different yeah it's yeah. a very yeah. different it's, thing it's funny in like a sad a sad real way yeah yeah versus a super manufactured right this is the first big deviation from like the screwball comedies of the 1950s mm. and earlier did you find it like genuinely funny did you laugh out loud watching this movie parts of it i feel like i did there was like one or two jokes that i got a yeah. good chuckle out of yeah. but otherwise no and I found it more clever than funny at most of the time. Beyond that, I was just offended because I, of the 70s. <laughs> I, well, yeah. Honestly, I spent most of this movie angry. There you go. I liked I f- it, I felt... Uh, un- it, was a, it was kind of uncomfortable yeah. to watch these people. Like, you know you've interacted with people like It's like them. if Scott's Tots was two hours long. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but there's... Yeah, there's just some palpably awkward inter- interactions that are just so tr- just true interactions that I felt like were hilarious because of that. So my, my reaction to this movie was more of a, the main character, Alvy Singer is absolutely unlikable in every way, shape or form. And is a complete asshole to everyone around him. <laughs> yeah. So I had no desire to root for him no, or yeah. see him happy at all. Yeah. yeah. So I was just watching him be terrible to people who then turned around and loved him for no, no apparent reason. Yeah. So other than the bruised ego of the filmmaker. Right. I had a real beef with this movie. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's real. 
So the movie opens with Alvy Singer. We get like a, a close-up sort of shot of him. He's wearing plaid and glasses. Looks like your classic, classical nerd um, kind of guy. Also, what at any given time, two thirds of comedians are wearing right now. <laughs> that, that is the comedian <laughs> uniform, and it hasn't changed <laughs> since '77 at least. Yep. My goodness. So he's telling us a joke and then he says something that actually I, I wrote this down in my notes and it ended up being like kind of pertinent to the whole movie. So I'm glad I wrote it down in my notes. But Did he you says, know? Uh, it's a quote that he mm. is paraphrasing um, and he says, I would never want to be a member of a club that would have me as a member. A famous Groucho Marx quote. That's great. Oh, Groucho. Yeah. I, old Groucho. Old, old Groucho. Old man Groucho with his <laughs> mustache and glasses. And plaid. It's not no well no Groucho wasn't really known for wearing plaid. Uh, he he started the glasses half of that trend. Okay. It was a good quote. It is a yes. good quote, and it's it, clever. It kind of uh, well we'll talk about it more as I we... I think as the as the audience like watching the movie, you also feel the same way about him by the end. <laughs> like, <laughs> I would not want to be part of a team that would have him as a member. No, I don't want to be around Alvin I, at all. I don't no. want to be in that club either nope. because he might get in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the movie starts with something that happens a lot throughout the rest of the film. And uh, it, it's it's Alvy Singer, the character himself, directly addressing the audience and breaking the fourth wall. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which at the time hadn't been done as much. Yeah. More... Uh, yeah, sort of, of like new thing then. Yeah, right. Well, and not only does he like a novelty, he breaks. Will. Ferris Bueller had not yet come out. There ah. were no, there was no Deadpool <laughs> yeah. in 1978. <laughs> he breaks the fourth wall to talk to us, but also I get, I got the feeling that he would also like pause the movie to talk to other people and kind of take them out of it as well, um, like from from time to time. Um, well, right, they go with him. They're they're yeah in his memory, but they're like, not talking to us still. Talking? Yeah, like, they're talking to him. Right. Yeah. Um, he's also kind of he's he's almost breaking the fourth wall to talk to himself. It's the psychoanalysis part of it. Yeah. That I felt like a therapist. <laughs> he soliloquizes a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, he's really broken up about this Annie girl. Um, yeah. And trying to figure out uh, why their relationship ended a year ago. Uh, if you're looking for the TLDR um, of this movie, uh, it was him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the reason he, he, he posits this question at the beginning of the movie that he's, it's basically, he, he gives us in this, this monologue in front of the wall that ends with him basically saying, not, not straight up saying that this is what this movie is about, but he poses the question of, I want to think back on this relationship with Annie and figure out where it all went wrong. And it becomes quickly apparent that, like, he was the problem the whole time. All along. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And does it, I mean, does he, does he get there, though? (gasps) No, he doesn't. He doesn't get there for himself. No, at the end of the movie, he's like, ah, relationships are weird. I guess we'll never know. You're like, we, we know. We know. It it was you. Right. (laughs) Hey, hey. I mean, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll for sure get to, get to that. Sure. um, Like, at the end of the movie. But I think that there's, like, pretty much, like, proof directly in the movie that, it did not stick with him. No, that no, it was at all his fault. And with the actual human person, Woody Allen, <laughs> right? Who's, Since he made a whole movie, <laughs> whose background we don't need to get into, but mm. is spotted at best. So, yeah. so he's trying to figure not out why this best. relationship ended, and that's sort of the premise for the whole movie. Um, 
and we get to see snippets of the relationship. Um, the timeline's kind of fun. Like yeah. it jumps forward and back and uh, shows you like what has happened or what's happening now and like what led up to that, but maybe not in the most sequential order. Right. Um, but it, it does do a really good job of like shedding light incrementally on why the relationship sort of like crumbles um, and stuff like that. So we go immediately from the internal monologue to um, scenes, vignettes from, from Alvi's childhood. I really enjoyed this seg, this sequence. (laughs) So great. Like the classroom where of kids that are basically interacting with, this monologue but like as their adult selves basically was hilarious because i was thinking this is basically how i picture anytime i have childhood friends who are on facebook or like twitter or something and i'm still i still follow them Mm -hmm. and i read something that they've said it's definitely still coming in my head from their like 12 year old self Mm -hmm. even though it may be like not something their 12 year old self would have even known about or you know it's like super inappropriate or whatever right i also like before That's that um we have a flash the first flashback is of him just in his childhood home under and a roller coaster. he has the flashback yeah. like built literally under the roller coaster under of a railroad of a, the... a roller coaster in coney island yeah. where obviously a house wouldn't be but it's like a, a great way of projecting like yeah when you're a kid things feel like more real, more intense than they actually are. Yeah. Super and it also, close and immediate, yeah. 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 It also like sort of primes you as the as the audience to sort of question like what he's telling you. Right. You're getting you're getting an exaggerated version of his story. Yeah. Yes. Um but the unreliable narrator to some to some degree. Right. Yeah. For sure. Then immediately following this, we kind of get the central crux of uh, Alvi's horrifically deficient personality um, because we are transported to a doctor's office um, where the where his mom is talking to the doctor and saying, like, he's so depressed. He suddenly can't do anything and blah, blah, blah. You know, he's uh, like he's just a depressed little kid. And she says, I think it's something he read. And then he, oh, yeah. he states that uh, he read an article or a book or something about how the universe is going to burn out in a billion years or whatever. And everyone tells him, you're not going to be alive for that anyway. Why are you bothered about that? But it sets up this recurring thing of theme of Alvi's fascination with the inevitability of death. Mm-hmm. Did death worry you when you were children? Nope. I think I that set in when I became an adult, just like a normal, normal person. Yeah. Now yeah, I'm not terrified every day. Uh, not too much. Not like in an immediately right. uh, something that I needed to think about too much. Except for you know, like church brings it up a lot. So, it does. You know, I've always been for that. oddly comforted by the fact that one day this will all be over. Yeah, like the universe. Ultimately, everything is meaningless. <laughs> that is pretty great, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's comforting. It's kind of the balm to to be unstressed out it's like oh you know one day nothing lasts forever yeah the the, the heat death of the universe you know reach the same temperature everywhere and nothing moves anymore alvi grows up to become a a comedian yes and we get oh as as olivia mentioned earlier uh we get a few uh 
clips from other students in Alvy's class. Mm. Um, yes. And so good. these children stand up and say things that you might not expect children to say. Um, like one of them is like a trust fund manager and he's like yeah. i'm a trust fund manager yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm the president of the largest plumbing company <laughs> what was the the like the last girl what did she say i'm into leather yes yes <laughs> that was the punchline. my favorite part there's another one who's like a heroin addict too yeah that was like I mean, that was for a while hmm. he was addicted to heroin and then he, now he's addicted to methadone oh that's right yeah yes a step up right <laughs> Real step a step up. in the right direction method one <laughs> but um did development reference number one it's always impossible to, it's are you gonna do that every time yes i'm gonna keep a running tally of our rest yes. development references Thank in you. song good great good 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 i love it <laughs> why don't where does it go from there i mean are we gonna go through scene by scene here for the whole movie we uh, might as well i <laughs> I'm going to just warn you, I took very copious notes oh at the beginning gosh. of this movie. And then I was like, I'm yeah. just going to watch it. Yes. <laughs> my my approach was just to watch it and make uh, notes of things as they came up. Yeah. No, so mine are pretty disjointed looking back at them. But I just have certain, <laughs> basically, for most of this movie, since this is a, a Sigourney Weaver podcast, my first note was... yeah. Where's Sigourney? And you know, that's a good question. Where is where do you think Sigourney's backstory is? Maybe we can get into this oh, later. That, that's yeah. Maybe maybe we should save this until after we see Sigourney, after we go through the plot of the movie. That will be it's difficult. True. But I do want to discuss like <laughs> I do want to build, thing, I wanna, I I wanna build a canon for Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, she has a life this whole time too. <laughs> right. She is a fully realized character. <laughs> Who has no name. Who you has know? no name. The there's a or word face, for when basically. you realize that there's a word uh, for when you realize that everyone in the world has just as complicated a life as you do yeah it's called common fucking empathy uh, no it's called sonder it's like that moment where you like just become like, suddenly oh, aware that like oh. that person who just drove by like has things going on oh, man. all these other meat bags are humans too <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's easy to forget it's easy no, to i've never had that moment being. that's never happened is that all i am but you? i am a monster just so a sack of flesh I am on dead the other side inside. of the table oh yes spider queens often don't yeah. experience sonder no. <laughs> no sonder here um, oh man so that's good. well eventually I sometimes forget that i'm dealing with two non-humans right right how i'm gelatinous yeah. <laughs> you know i don't see consistency <laughs> <sighs> good one good you're just, one uh, you're just we've moved we've moved past that we want to right we need to you know <laughs> see it and embrace it I'm for what it is i I'm texture blind. Texture blind. <laughs> <laughs> My texture is important to me. Okay. It is well, that crunchy exoskeleton. Crunch. crunch. <laughs> it's real good. The, the, the coarse hair. The sticky webs. <laughs> They're everywhere. Okay. So many eyes. So suddenly, um, we, before I actually like was expecting tiny, it, we get, we, get to meet, we get to meet Annie Hall herself. Like real quick, yeah. Uh, yeah. In, in the movie, Maybe. we he's standing in line with Annie. Oh yes, we for, we we cut to them uh, trying to see a movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, like immediately. Yeah. Um, Which as for their first on-screen interaction as a couple, mm -hmm. this is that was just really a, a sign. Like 
everything about that interaction already told you right. what was wrong with this relationship yeah, yeah. in who, one scene. It's like, we don't need the rest of the movie. No. We know. It's like, I completely ooh. understand who's at fault here. Yeah. This, this is crumbling. <laughs> because she wants to see, they, they're they going to see a movie. Right. And or they're going to the movie theater. They, they have a date to meet at the movie theater and watch yes. a movie. But they're already, like, they're a little bit late. She's, she's like five minutes late. And he's ready to just give up on the movie idea altogether because he has he has to see the whole movie, right? Even though not the first five minutes are not all. the movie, the first five minutes are the trailers. <laughs> but well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that true in the seventies? I mean, she I brings up that she brings up that point as well, so yeah. it's established that right. that's how this works. But he's just so he, taken out of it, apparently that right. He the idea of he makes like, no he says, no effort to work with her. You no. want to go get coffee for two hours? And I'm like, like, oh, that sounds horrible. And then catch the next showing. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds bad. Uh, instead, though, they go see a movie that they had already seen four times that Annie explicitly stated she didn't <laughs> want to go see. This is after, by the way, that Annie was running late and kind of in a huff and they were arguing. And, and during the argument, Allie makes a joke like, oh, what's with all this? Uh, what's with all this attitude? You're, you're on your period or something? Oh, yes. And so... <laughs> Yeah. Period jokes real early in the movie. Oh yeah, I mean maybe that just was cool right in out of seventy eight, but like, ugh. I mean, they you, still you just get still happen pretty two thousand nineteen. You mean periods or period jokes? If periods well, don't exist both. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you just get you get the douche chills immediately and the strongly off of Alvi, and boy howdy, do they not go away? They don't go they, away. They really don't. He's also, I mean, it is his own kind of psychoanalysis the whole time, but yeah. he doesn't stop talking and it's no, it also, that also makes me so uncomfortable. That, it's just like this nervous tension, right. this nervous energy of, and talking in so many words just constantly. And I don't know how you talk so much. It, it's, that's part of the sort of character archetype that I don't think it was created by this movie, but it was certainly popularized by this movie of the nebbish. It's called this very nervous, neurotic, person who's huh. constantly like talking through their their problems and is always in an awkward and weird place yeah huh well you nailed it oh. yeah he did a great job <laughs> yeah so they're late for the movie alvy won't go in they end up going to see a movie again that uh she didn't want to see called the sorrow and the pity a documentary about the french resistance in world war ii wasn't it also like three hours long four four he said four hours long four hours long that they'd seen it's a it's a two oh part gosh. documentary and the running time is two hundred and fifty one oh minutes. Oh my gosh! So they're they're standing in line for this movie and there's this guy standing immediately behind them, um, and he is uh, talking about other directors um, like Fellini and McLuhan, and uh, he has a lot of opinions about about these people. They're they're and they're real close. He's real loud. He is so on loud. A, a date of some sort. Mm-hmm. behind annie and alvy and alvy will just not shut up about how annoyed he is at this person who dares to speak near him yeah he's like annoyed that someone else won't shut up right he's annoyed Which, that this man is doing <laughs> yes. the thing that he spends the entire movie doing essentially yeah which honestly like watching that scene i did feel i could sympathize with how he felt but because you know in that kind of setting that would really annoy me yeah. but coming from him yeah it was just a little 
Especially when he's like, he's spitting on my neck. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that would get old quick. Uh, And and I love that the the level at which he is talking is also like the guy behind him would for sure (laughs) also be able to hear him bitching about him talking. This is just like yeah, double weird like passive aggressive right yeah thing going on. But. But anyway, this like quickly comes to a point in the movie um like ben was talking about earlier where he sort of steps out of the movie a bit so he's complaining about this guy to annie at first and then he like switches his attention starts talking directly to us and he's like can you get believe this guy like this is awful and he turns around again he's taken out of the movie and, Mm -hmm. and confronts the gentleman who then himself steps out of the movie as well and like starts arguing with alvi yeah yeah He's like, I teach film and culture at Columbia College and Columbia Columbia College in Chicago. Oh, that's right. Columbia. That's where we are. Listeners. Chicago. Chicago. Columbia University. So anyway, like not only has Alvi and the loud guy in line, not only have they stepped out of the movie, but also Alvi is like, when this guy pulls his Columbia University credentials, Alvi's like, well, just (laughs) wait a second. And he goes and grabs uh, Marshall Marshall McLuhan McLuhan himself from behind like a cardboard cutout. (laughs) (laughs) Poster on an easel. (laughs) Here he is. Glad you could make it. And he has he McLuhan him tell him, like, you don't know anything of my work. And, and then Alvi looks at the camera and says, ah, wouldn't you wish real life was this easy? And then the scene's over. One one other thing about this this thing in line is that the reason that Annie was late for the first movie to begin with was because she was seeing her therapist. And she, like, she mentions to Alvi, like, you know, like, you can only see that this affects you. Like, you aren't thinking about my problems like it was my therapy session and i'm late and you're just so self-obsessed that you have no idea right like mm-hmm. anything the, throughout this argument we see a a recurring thing throughout the movie where alvi has no problems that are his fault mm. um every all of his problems are someone else's fault and all of someone else's problems like don't affect him so when they were talking about their sexual incompatibility problem, he puts it on Annie and says, our problem, you mean your problem. Right. Right. Which mm-hmm. is really a, a great way to go about things. Her problem, which is also her fault from Alvi's perspective. Right. It's interesting that, I mean, he's the one who suggests she goes to see a therapist in the first place. Right. Yeah. Presumably because he doesn't, he has no ability to deal with her problems right. because he like genuinely he doesn't care about he doesn't her care. As a person. Yeah. This is where we begin to see what uh to me borderlines on emotional abuse and possible gaslighting uh, where yeah. he will get mad at her for doing something and then Annie will say that was your idea and Alva will be like I wasn't my idea what are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. that was that's that is definitely a re- recurring theme and yes. it comes up in a, bit. a lot of his relationships anyway yep. um annie is like well what about your first wife you know like didn't you like want to do sex with her yeah that's how people talk um <laughs> and, and 
did he kind of not right like, well he did and he didn't we see this um we we then cut to alvi meeting his first wife uh backstage at a benefit she is like the showrunner basically trying to get people out you know on stage at the right time he's a comedian they are at a fundraiser for the presidential was campaign of first... adlai stevenson was that his first wife yeah. yes i didn't realize it was the same person through did he have a second wife he didn't have a second wife oh, okay at the uh gotcha. we'll get to that later oh, but his okay, first okay, wife okay. was carol kane okay yes yes, yes, uh, yes. Valerie lillian. from the princess bride lillian from kimmy Schmidt. okay <laughs> valerie from the princess bride but okay <laughs> see the two of them meeting and um as as per usual, uh, Alvi is immediately kind of mean to her. Alvi essentially in this movie invents negging. <laughs> if you really yeah, think about bit. it, oh. yeah. So he he meets um, Allison is her name. Also, yes. everyone in this movie's name has started with an A so far, so that's fun. Yeah. Um, uh. But he meets Allison at the uh, the fundraiser for Adlai Stevenson. Mm-hmm. Shout out to obscure political candidates. Adlai Stevenson uh, ran on, I think, the um, major uh, party ticket with the best combination of names in since the 1800s, uh, when it was the the ticket of the Democratic Party nominees for president and vice president were Adlai Stevenson and Estes Kefauver. Ooh, <laughs> oh ooh, real nice. Yeah, wow, just a great combo of names. How do you even? Sp- spelled kefauver kefauver k-e-f-a-u-v-e-r kefauver there you go it's phonetic <laughs> kefauver out, i Kef- won a vice kefauver. presidential candidate spelling bee <laughs> that's awful well done you, congratulations I, I love how pleased you are with that i love the the little wheezy laugh that we just got in the mix i won with lieberman <laughs> tricky tricky What's the, is it an i is it an ie or an ei lieberman l i e b e r m a n lieberman ding 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 you win oh and it's spelling be the ding means you got it wrong dang it if you got it correct the the judge says that is correct lillian i mean allison i mean carol kane i mean carol kane um he he seems to feel good question mark about her obviously they went on to get married uh, by the the end of their first interaction they did not get married by the end of their first interaction that's not what i meant to say no but, <laughs> but we, by we the cut. end of their first interaction he feels good about her because she says i think you're cute to sort of like yeah alvi asks her to say something nice before he goes on stage after he's been a right. total jerk to her. Because he's nervous because he's a comedian who has to follow another comedian. It's true. Because are those people going to keep laughing? Which, as a comedian, is absolutely absurd. Yes. You want to follow another comedian so that the crowd is already warm. That's yeah. why they have openers. The worst thing comedians. you can do as a comedian is follow a non-comedy act. Because then you have a cold audience. Yep. And they are less likely to laugh. Like, like pantomime. This has been Ben's Comedy Theory Corner. Join me next time when we talk about subversion of expectations. So, uh, he goes up and he tells some jokes that are, I mean, the audience keeps laughing. Yeah. This is good. For Alvin. Tell some jokes about the, uh, the Eisenhower administration. Yeah. Yeah. The funniest administration. Um, So Uh, anyway, it cuts to, um, it cuts to allison and alvi uh like you can tell that they're trying to 
you know, do sex at Get each it other. On. Right? Is that how do sex at each other? Right. Do sex at that is how you say it. I know They're you as to... a gelatinous fish monster are completely asexual. <laughs> You wouldn't know. They're you re- trying. They're trying to have sex. Um, I just kill all meat. my partners afterwards. Right. You devour so. your partners, um, John. We just cut you in half, and I and grow a, again. A new one. <laughs> each half grows into a new fish. It's actually a different me every week, guys. It's pretty cool. Um, but they're trying to. They're trying to have sex, uh, but there's a flute and books everywhere. I noticed the flute. I was like, someone plays the flute. I don't know who that is. That's so you. <laughs> Um, look at the flute. No, at Play the flute. flute. That looks like a Bach party. Do it. Do it. Do the Bach. Give <laughs> us some Vivaldi. <laughs> um, and she has a lot of, there's a lot of books there. But is yeah. that Alvi's place? It looks like his bed. It's never established. No. It is not. Um, but they're trying to have sex. Regardless. He talking about. But he's talking about the he's, he's like, all conspiracy up. theories. He's all confused about the Kennedy assassination and doesn't think that the uh anyone is telling the truth about and he's trying to figure out the positioning of the right shooter uh, the in order wounds to the get, exit yeah. wounds yeah <laughs> and everyone's been on it. ridiculous but he's so comfortable having everyone in the world basically being in on something right to make something bad happen right mm-hmm. and uh eventually uh after after sort of trying to point out how absolutely ridiculous his theory is, um, Allison says, like, you're using the Kennedy assassination as a reason to not have sex with me. <laughs> and he's, It's a good yeah, reason. That's, <laughs> like, that's like, my excuse. It, but it needs to be figured out. <laughs> By Alvi tonight. Tonight, right <laughs> now. what about the Warren Commission? <laughs> what about the Warren Commission? The next thing we know, there are lobsters everywhere. Oh, no. What are we going to do with all these lobsters? Which is a gelatinous fish monster I liked. You liked to see uh, sea creatures represented in media. I do. And also, an under, there is a significant underrepresentation. Although I will say lobsters were most certainly harmed in the making of this movie. Oh, for sure. He was like yeah. throwing that thing yeah, around. Yeah, it's like thrown into a pot. Poor little I guy. mean, this, they probably ate them. Well, yeah. Craft services. I hope so. I don't want those lobsters to go to waste. No. no. Woody Allen probably had a very large dinner of seven or eight lobsters oh after gosh. the filming of that scene. There was there probably actually one stuck behind the fridge. They didn't have to put it there. Yeah. That, that That is something that happens, dear listener. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lobster behind the fridge and they're trying to get it. And they probably really put one back there, even though they didn't need to. I made that up, but you know. It's just that real cinema verite shit. Oh, oh no. Well, so... At this point, we it's unclear at what point any of these scenes are in the relationship. Like, are they towards the beginning? Are they later on? We, I think we get a you get a sense that this is pretty early on. Yeah, because they're happy with exactly. each other. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. It, uh, it's just an interesting format where you know, for how much explaining and like you know they're breaking the fourth wall and talking about you know all this the psychoanalysis and everything they're also not telling us a lot a lot they're just right these scenes are taken out of time and sequence but you still know you know you you still have that sense like you were saying to mm-hmm. of where this is happening in the relationship based yeah. on the feeling of 
you know, their interaction. We also only ever get Alvi's version, uh, Alvi's side of the story. Yeah. Alvi's right. version of the, the events that occur. But, like, even then, it, it said, I mean, I said earlier that they were happy. Yeah. And that's, like, only partially true because Alvi is the same as he is any right. other time in the movie. He is as neurotic as always. It's yes. just that Annie's happy. And yes. Annie's laughing and having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's still ap- she's still appreciating his right. ridiculousness. She mm-hmm. she is either in denial about or has not discovered all of Alvi's many personality flaws. She takes she takes some pictures of him holding a lobster and they look like they're going to be hilarious cuz he is not at all happy to be touching a lobster. No, he's he's thoroughly freaked out. Why would you have lobsters? For food. But it's so mean, many? It, but also, like, go to a restaurant if you don't want to cook them yourself, Alvy. John, it was 1977. The Red Lobster had not been established yet. And I'm going to verify that. Right I would now. say, though, that yes. Annie knows, like, I mean, I think this happens probably in any relationship. Any relationship? Where <laughs> you can, you <laughs> see somebody's, you see the ridiculous things right. that people do. But at the beginning of a relationship, they mean something different to you. Mm. You're and you interact with them. with them in a different way than later on when it's like, well, this is no longer cool. Right. <laughs> like, I am no longer like this. Right. But it's been there the whole time. Yeah. I mean, she probably was like, well, he's a comedian, so he's just making like little jokes about things all the time. What are you trying to say about comedians? Um, a lot. A no, I mean, I'm just saying that it's easy to, uh, I mean, people, people use all sorts of things to cover up parts of their personality that are terrible and humor is no different. I've never used humor as a coping mechanism or, uh, any, I don't know what you're, I don't know what you're talking but, about. What? Stop <laughs> it. <laughs> you're a spider. She is a spider. Coping, me- uh, coping mechanism. Stop it. <laughs> Do you mean an opening mechanism, like a can opener? Yeah, yeah, yeah like a like a key. Like you just make mm. jokes at a can of creamed corn, and then suddenly it just opens. Oh, I don't joke about creamed corn, my friend. Nor should you. I eat it. Mm. Good one. So um, we are whisked out of this. Whoosh. Uh, yes. <laughs> out of out of the house. Whip where pan. <laughs> where they're talking, uh, or where they're lobstering about. Is that the right verb, lobstering? Yeah, that's the uh, the act of cooking okay. and eating lobster. Good, 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 good. good. Um, so, sh- so we are suddenly whisked out, and we like go on sort of like an astral projection trip into Annie's memory of her previous bows. Yes, we follow Annie taking Alvy Ghost of Christmas past style through her previous boyfriends. I. I'm trying to picture this and I don't remember it. There was the guy who was like, put your foot right up. Oh, yeah. There, yes. So okay, we okay, first okay, okay, see okay. her like her high school boyfriend. Right. And then and there was the actor. Brief, there's the actor I do who we spend the, the most time with. Who's um, a real hippie type. He was a, <laughs> really he was a big old creep. <laughs> yeah. He was super creepy. Oh, man. Yeah. I forgot about that. So I also like decided... <laughs> This far into the movie, I decided to put a note in here, which said, Alvy is never happy when he's on camera, but um, there's like a part where they're talking and they're not on camera and we just get like footage of a beach and like they sound like they're actually 
like fondly remembering like relaxed for once yeah, yeah yeah and it was like that was the part of the movie that was like wow there there is some good in this relationship yeah and i was like yeah okay all, all right. right yeah right so i'm not i'm still like not sold on alvi but i'm so i'm like a little bit more comfortable with the idea of like well maybe there was something to save here you know because they they actually were like they sounded so comfortable like talking to each other at that point yeah mm-hmm. i also have a note here that there's a lot of nose scratching in this movie I like all itch. of the all the characters kind of like you just like do some you know, just do a little bit of nose business scratching screeching. welcome to our new podcast nose business <laughs> i'm your host john ginder and my co-host is a bear hi i'm <laughs> i'm dr nose an actual bear <laughs> and not not the gay bear kind of bear he's just i mean i suppose like if i w- <laughs> i didn't know who was doing that because both of you were, we're gonna cut this right this podcast is about sigourney weaver lest we forget it yep you know how many times we've said sigourney weaver since the beginning we are it, not on track to meet her to be fair she's in this movie for all of five seconds and it was alanis morissette i got there eventually and i have also gotten past another one of my notes which is the suspense is killing me all caps where is sigourney <laughs> I was looking out for her pretty hard for yeah. like every time there was a movie theater. And then at some point, I read that that's yeah. where we were going to see her. <laughs> yeah, I looked it up. Yeah. But then I knew that it was the end of the movie, so I stopped writing it down. Yeah. So um, immediately following the out of body experience, we sort of go to a party where there's all these like intellectuals. Right. Um, and Alvy's like, I just want to watch basketball. We see here Alvy with his second wife. Which is funny to me because like I wouldn't have put him in the I would just want to watch basketball yes category. Yeah, he doesn't seem like I, I thought he would have been very at home at this party. I I was actually talking. surprised was when just this like, happened. What is he doing? He, is he, he seems like an anti-sports type. Yeah, and he actually starts kind of starts to make a point about the his he, he so they're at this party of. Uh, it, it's an industry party for his wife who never gets a name, uh, but she's a writer and it's a bunch of New York writer types. And uh, because Alvy can't let anyone else be happy if he's not happy, right. he's complaining about how, ah, there's nothing here for me. I don't like these people, but it's like for her benefit, dude, come on. Yeah. So he sneaks off to the bedroom to watch a Knicks game and she finds him and is like, why are you watching this? Ah, sports. It's all, there's a bunch of freaks sports ball. trying to put a ball in a basket. And he starts to do, this is the closest I ever came to liking him. He starts to make a point about how there is something like basically against the intellectual types who are anti, like the sports ball types. Yeah. Because I, as a sports fan, encounter a lot of those people, especially in the comedy world. Like a, there uh, are so many, like, you know, we'll call it what it is. There are a lot of nerds who got beat up by jocks in high school. And now we're like, man, sports, I don't think so. And he starts to make like a salient point about the beauty of sports and before he makes that point, he tries to have sex with someone who clearly has stated they don't want to have sex. <laughs> he like tries no, he to fuck trying. his wife in the party bathroom and she party bedroom. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, don't cool do move. it. Cool move, bro. And he's like trying to take off her bra. And she's it's like, great. no, no, no. And I'm like, damn it, Alvy. I almost liked you for a second. We go. Right. After, uh, after yeah. the scene, we see uh, Alvy meeting Annie Hall for the first time at a doubles tennis game with yes. one of Alvy's friends that we had met earlier. During a his scene where friend the calls him his Max. friend calls him Max for reasons that are never quite clear. Do we know his friend's name between the three um, of us? 
Um, His friend's I did name is Rob. Rob, yes. Birdold. Rob Birdold. <laughs> Uh, we we meet the two of them earlier in a, a scene where they're walking down the sidewalk and <coughs> Alvi is talking at, at length about how he sees uh, anti-Semitism in uh, everywhere he looks. Yeah. What's weird is that I have this much earlier in my notes, like much, much earlier. Yeah, we kind of glossed it. We, we skipped it. We did. I, I mean, he sees anti-Semitism even when someone asks him, do you eat? Right. Or when he goes to a music store and is told they're having you, a sale on Wagner. Do you eat? Yeah, yeah, do you eat? Which, yeah. like, that's just bad grammar if you're actually it, trying it's to. It's bad enunciation. Yeah. Bad diction. No, I meant if if you were actually asking, do you eat? Oh, yeah. That's just not, that's not a question. Yeah, if you're like, if do you you're eat? Tarzan or Frankenstein. Yeah. Mm, do you eat? Do you eat? Which I don't think Tarzan or Frankenstein would care about about whether you've eaten in the case of right. Frankenstein or whether you're Jewish. Right. Tarzan has Tarzan. no concept of Judaism, I don't think. No, he Probably is a not. monkey man. Frankenstein may very well be Jewish for all we know. Hmm. He's not named Frankenstein. That's the, the, doctor, the doctor who puts them together. See, Maybe I wasn't some of us it. read this book in high school. I quit. I quit the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate. Remember those? Uh, remember those nerds you talked about? Outside of being that's like us, openly that's us. racist. There are very few things you can do to make me dislike you faster than say, "Well, actually, it's Frankenstein's monster." <laughs> I just immediately want to just want to punch you right in the solar plexus if you ever fucking say that to me or anyone else. I'm going to bring it up every time you say yeah, Frankenstein ever, ever again. Great. I'm never going to speak to either of you again. <laughs> I just say it to see if I can annoy people. And I, I did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm never stopping this again. Right. You're this a great person. That that people love spending time with you. Mm. This is the gift that keeps on giving. I'm a fan. Why am I here? <laughs> speaking why, of, why speaking I of, uh, I guess, with that, just like literature, it's not yes. ancient, though. There was a line that I uh i pulled out here which was never take a course where they make you read beowulf which i just <laughs> i'm gonna take umbrage with that because i really I, I took a an line. early like a great works of uh, literature course in college and i we read beowulf and it was a great class Thanks. oh well, well that's good I maybe lucky. that's why alvi didn't want her to take it because those classes are fun he doesn't want her to be happy no yeah he does not um, oh, by the way, while we were talking about that scene that we glossed out early or glossed over earlier um, with the Jew eat part, um, Rob is trying to get Alvi to move to L.A. Right. This early mm. in the movie. Wow. So oh, there's yeah, already this pull between New York and, and L.A. LA. And New York sort of like represents neuroticism. Right. New York. There, there's a lot of parallels between the character of Alvi and the city of New York itself. Yeah. Yeah, that that really it's not like it's not subtext at all. Woody straight up makes these parallels uh, in a scene later on. Yeah, where it's like New York. It's, they're saying New York is dead or right. something like that. Yeah, yeah. In the and out like the analyses that I read, it there was several points about um, you know this is a movie kind of 
it's almost like a love story or like a love letter to New York or you know yeah, about New, New York. York you're crazy, yeah. this crazy, is bitch, crazy but I bitch. Love you. Yep. One of those movies where people say like, in a way, the city is a character itself. Right. Yes. And you're just like, yes. No. And you're like, oh, stop, and you're like stop, stop, you stop. seem like this Please sort of stop. person who would say it's Frankenstein's monster. Right. And you just you just kick him straight in the teeth and you walk out of their house. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you in their house for their um, dinner party? <laughs> oh boy. Okay. So. Um, this tennis game. Yes. They play tennis. Um, sure they do. Uh, and then after they play tennis, they stop. And he's, <laughs> they don't, they don't play tennis until they drop of exhaustion and die. You're correct. The rest, the remaining well, hour of the movie is not a doubles tennis match. Thank keeps, God. It just keeps going. There no. is more movie, but wouldn't that be great if this was just great. the rest of the movie was just a tennis game. Um, after, after the, tennis match um annie is leaving they're all leaving well but like alvy's like i don't know taking his time about it or something annie's like on her way out the door and she's like hi she's definitely looking for a reason to to stay or she everything that she does in this scene is just to spend more time with alvy yes she's very interested it couldn't be more clear it's real sweet it is and it's also so awkward and i love it it's if that that felt like a genuine moment of connection oh yeah 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 because she says hi and he says oh hi and then she says <laughs> she, well he bye says, <laughs> he, he says oh hi annie oh, oh hi <laughs> i didn't know it was you the room reference number one so alvi um says to annie do you need a ride home and annie says do you drive and Alvi says, no, I don't drive. And she says, oh, well, I have a car. And he says, well, why did you ask me <laughs> if I drive? Yeah. And uh, like, it's like Olivia was saying, it's just so awkward. And it's like beautiful. It's mm. truly, truly beautiful and painful to watch. And, and really bad. And Even kind of more painful, though, is the next. Well, no, they actually drive home. <laughs> right. That was wonderful. <laughs> She's a horrible driver, She's which a bad woman is, driver. you know, stereotypical, but also really enjoyable to watch. It was He's funny terrifying. to watch Alvy. Like, this was the only time that his neuroticism was, like, super funny. W- was earned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That and another scene later on in the movie that I will talk about. Also, when he found a sandwich in there. Oh, yes. Because. <laughs> Sorry, what? He pulls a he sandwich, pulls out, of a sandwich out of the car, like, in nah. between the seats or something. <laughs> I think I missed that while I was taking notes. He was, yeah. He was like. He was like, oh, your your car's really nice, and you take such good care of it. Is, is this, this a, a sandwich? sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and, and so they drive back to um, what I believe is Annie's apartment, and, and the genuine feeling of connection continues, and we get to one of my favorite parts of the movie. Uh, so they're up on the rooftop drinking wine, and as uh, they're having this, this discussion, subtitles appear under them, not of what they're actually saying, but of their internal monologue. So while Alvi will be discussing, like, you know, the art of photography and saying some pretentious bullshit, the, the subtitle will appear under him saying, like, oh, she hasn't, she knows I don't know what I'm talking about. I must seem like such an idiot to her or something. And that right. felt like that's, that's an, uh, one of the other few moments in the movie that I could genuinely hardcore relate to. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Where they're trying to kind of, they're, they're continuing this conversation that's going, that's basically, it's like taking a, a nosedive. Yeah. And they both know it. Or are sensing it for different reasons, but they're per- they're perpetuating it themselves, right. even though they know that they're like, "Why am I doing this?" They think that 
you know, I'm a pretentious jerk or right. neither of them she, wants to like, be the one like, to bail oh, out. She's like, he, he thinks, thinks I'm, I'm an idiot. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. He must think I'm so shallow or something. But she's trying to like keep the conversation going so that he doesn't think she's right. and stupid. The and conversation yeah. actually is zero percent related to that, and also is immune to like their like falling levels of confidence in themselves. Right. Yes, yeah. Like they just keep talking about stuff, but like their facial expressions are not just, immune. Like the words they're yeah. saying are, but their facial <laughs> like, expressions oh, is like, wow, I'm oh really no. biffing wow. this. Yeah. I? <laughs> that they, that was enjoyable. Yeah. Agreed. Um, she also tells a story about George, her who? uncle. Oh yeah, who dies? Who no is who, dead? Who was shell shocked after the war? Um, so he uh, has like this sweet deal where he gets a free turkey for being, you know, shell shocked. Yeah, and he's standing in line for this turkey that he gets for free, and he just falls over dead. Waiting for this turkey. My favorite part of this is her delivery, I think, because she's smiling and laughing about it the whole time and then realizes, like, the story comes to a close and her uncle's dead. And she's like, oh, well, she doesn't. I mean, even when she realizes that, she's just like, wow, what a what a Why story I, I just told. Story? Yeah. yeah. It's not like she got real somber all of a sudden. No. And I think that this is like a, like, it shows that early in their relationship, she didn't think about or care about death in the same way that, that Alvi does. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I thought that it was a, like an important thing for us to know is that she was like, and he just died. Yeah. Um, I hadn't thought about that that you know not maybe parallel but the juxtaposition of of how she thought about death versus his approach to it yeah Yeah. um and she is this is their first date if you don't Mm -hmm. count the tennis match that happened happened moments earlier right the same day um and she mentions that she is going to be auditioning uh to sing at a nightclub they go he's like i i I got to go hear you sing. Like, I, I really want to be there. I want to support you with this and, and all of that. And that seems like a nice thing for him to do. I'm like, good guy, Alvy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And generally, like, you know, takes him out of his neuroticism for a bit. For like a second. For like a blissful This, this is the first and quite possibly only time he seems interested in, like, what someone else is doing. Yeah. And so we cut to the nightclub and she's singing and she's singing um it had it, to be you yes uh and while she's singing that her voice is really nice Diane, we should i don't think we established this point this is diane keaton this uh, we have oh not even rem- diane. remotely begun to talk about who is actually in this film because it's not sigourney weaver yeah. right so i didn't care this isn't a diane keaton podcast if you want that you can go listen to the Keaton Corner. <laughs> I feel like we have to remind you, listeners, that this is a Sigourney Weaver we will. podcast still. We we right. will see her eventually for more scenes Unless you're and me. lines. Right. Mm, just not this specific movie. <laughs> right. Bummer. It is a bummer. <laughs> that was like, I mean, it really, it is still every other par- like paragraph of my notes is... <laughs> Where's Sigourney <laughs> Weaver? <laughs> and she, you know, Sigourney's not are, until the end. Sigourney's are a little bit um, 
you know they're they're hard they're a rare pokemon right <laughs> in the in the late gotta 70s. catch them all though you do um you know everyone's gotta start somewhere yeah. so she's singing in the nightclub and there's just so much else going on there's a lot of you know the, it, the checks are dropping at this point of the evening yeah yeah mm. it's like just not a great gig right yeah but that's a that's pretty much what you expect from the club scene yeah the phone's ringing i don't expect a ringing phone that was the thing that got mm. me i expected mm. people talking because like of course like unless you're someone famous like they're not going to stop what they're doing to listen right. to your yeah. background noise well i think they were also kind of trying to give the perception of a performer playing in that kind of setting where all of that extra stuff happening is right. really apparent to yeah. you as the performer and just takes you out of it and you think that like maybe it's going horribly and no one no you know everyone hates you which was her interpretation of that after the fact oh for sure right and um they i feel like the background noises like like you were saying about the the perception mm-hmm. of the performer the background noises were like mixed up. Yes. Like yes. everything they like were the amplifying phone ringing sure. was so much louder than a ringing yes. phone in that environment would have been. Exactly. Those, those noises were like so much else in this movie were greatly exaggerated. They're talking about whether or not they want to move in together. Yeah. They, yeah. they want to um, like, is Annie gonna give up her apartment? Is Annie okay? Is she okay? Is she okay? Is she okay? Is she okay, Annie? okay Annie? Are you okay? Um, we're, so we're legally obligated to make that joke. He does not want her to give up her apartment. He's like, you know, we're not married and that's good. Like, I don't want to be married. And if you have it, then you have it. Yeah. Um, he wants her to move in, but he doesn't. What am I trying to say? He doesn't want to commit. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. But like, he would just think that he just wants for financial like just get rid of it yeah sure he wants her to keep and pay for an empty apartment in new york city yeah yeah that that seems fun ridiculous yeah and then she's like i don't like my apartment i don't want to keep it she says i don't like my apartment i don't want to keep it it has bugs and bad plumbing and they keep arguing about whether or not they're gonna like keep her apartment and then she says that apartment is four hundred dollars a month and suddenly alvi like like swivels like he just pivots completely he's like that apartment's four hundred dollars a month and she's like yeah and he's like but it's got bugs and bad plumbing and i thought that was actually pretty funny yeah yeah that's good it's like okay so now you're arguing against (laughs) keeping it yeah so i i think it's also still like unclear as to whether or not she ends up keeping the apartment or does she No, it's either yes she, or i don't know i don't think she does because I, later on we see, i think we see her in a different apartment yeah oh okay yeah so she does she does give up her apartment yes um and he's trying to get her to take college courses um and she's like because she has this insecurity about thinking that he thinks that she's not smart enough, which like he probably does to some extent. Mm-hmm. And so she, she's interested in taking 
she's finally like been worn down by him because mm-hmm. he's been mentioning it like for a long time and she is going to take a writing course something in the the humanities and then uh she likes to smoke weed while she has sex right she can't yeah. orgasm unless she's high mm-hmm. uh, she's what she says is it just relaxes her right and i can understand why she would need that to be that close to alvi <laughs> yeah. he is not a relaxing oh, presence no he's really no, not he's the opposite of that it's, he makes me very nervous wait is this the scene where they have gone on vacation and he's no no they've not yet gone to california but this is a scene this is the scene where um they start to have sex without i think i believe the scene they start to have sex without her having marijuana i thought that was the second she like we see this like astral projection that's what i'm talking about i thought that was like not their apartment but like is it because he can see it too well, it's one of those devices. Any, yeah, yeah, right. So, like, she's like, I, I really want to smoke this before we have sex. And he's like, I really want you to not because it ruins it for me. And she's like, well, it ruins it for me. If I don't. If I don't. <laughs> I have in my notes here. Those fill the emptiness <laughs> in my soul. The like way the that, other ones. The way that I, like, wrote this down is he has her not smoke weed to have sex. Right. Like mm-hmm. he, he's like literally rips it out of her hands. Yeah. And then I wrote, he's pretty dang bossy. Yeah. He's a real jerk to her the whole time. Yeah. And everyone else. I did enjoy though, that that happens. And then we get this, this like, I don't know what to call it. Kind of her, she removes herself from right her body basically in the scene and goes and sits across on a chair, <laughs> on a chair and it's like, cool, let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> the, like a translucent version it, of her rises up yes. out of her body, passes through Alvi and goes and sits on a let's chair. Let's call it what it is. It's an astral projection. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. An astral projection. All right. Yeah. Emphasis on the ass. Astral yes. projection. <laughs> um, which <laughs> Alvi can also <laughs> so Alvi can also see right. this and, projection. And eventually, they have a conversation. Like he has a conversation with both of them at the same yeah. time. That's pretty great. Yeah. Like this is why I feel like you you're so distant because like, you're literally over there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's but like, I mean, well, like he didn't even like that didn't even have to like have happened or him to like see that, which obviously right. he didn't actually see. It's just like you could tell, like she's like, let's get this over with. Yep. Let's just just do it to me. To get, give me do right. sex at me. <laughs> that's yeah, a, that's that it. is what people say, right? That's what that's what that's I what I hear. say. Do sex at me. Do sex at me. <laughs> it's great. Um, so then he this is a part of the movie that you were asking about earlier, Olivia, um, because then next after this, they go to Wisconsin. Yes. Uh, which is where Annie is from. She is from Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin, which okay. is an actual place. Much like New York City and Los Angeles, the other locations in this movie. I thought that this movie was... exist. I thought that this movie was in the fantasy genre and i was like where are the orcs no this is not some like alternative history this is an orc podcast where are, where are all the orcs not take place in new new york they go to wisconsin and he's doing a, a college show and it's going well yeah 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 he likes telling jokes to smart people sure because they get so it's it. a good crowd college is you know 
typically are. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, well, yeah, it, it, it's going well, and he as long as you stay politically correct, that is goes backstage, and um, we'll cut that. <laughs> he goes backstage and uh, meets meets Annie back there. She's there in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. where she's from, and she's from Wisconsin. She's from Wisconsin. Don't tell anyone it's a secret, but she's from Wisconsin. 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 She's. Remember that time T-Pain rhymed cabin with Wisconsin in a song and we were just all cool with it? <gasps> That's awesome. I'm very cool with it. That's some bullshit and he should not have been able to get away with that <laughs> so like he did. She gets So he gets to meet Annie's parents. Um, they're having Easter dinner. And apparently Grammy made the fuck out of some ham guys. Yeah. Like, uh, It's also <laughs> worth noting earlier um, in a scene, Annie Hall mentions Grammy Hall, Hates her juice. grandmother, who is... Good and good and anti-Semitic. Yeah. Re- oh yeah. Like just really just hates actual, the actual. Right. Yeah. Not like an imagined thing. Not like it's the great. the paranoia that um, Alvi was talking about earlier, but like an it's, actual realization of those fears. It was like, was that like right after she told the turkey story? She was like, oh yeah, and my grandma just hates. Right. She would say, "You're yeah. a real Jew." She was what she would. You are what she would call a real Jew. Yeah. I think that. I don't know. Maybe this was just in some of the reviews that I read, but people still kind of interpreted this dinner where he's, where Alvi is, you know, interacting with the different members of her family, including her grandma and still kind of acting out of this paranoia. But in her case, it's because the, the pre-knowledge of her hatred of Jews I mean that kind of that makes sense. Yeah, right. So maybe it's maybe it's partially both, but we get this like this side by side scene of like Annie's family and Alvy's family. Oh yes, I did. Oh, that. also like before we get too far, we also get this cool um, device where like every time we see, we'll cut to like Grammy Hall looking at Alvy, and then we'll cut to Alvy dressed as like this how he (laughs) thinks grammy hall sees her which is like completely hasidic yeah which is i think where the paranoia comes in because like he hasn't even said anything about him being jewish or anything and he's just like assuming that this is how she sees right yeah yeah well and i wonder like in that case like that seems like a really weird thing for annie to even say to it's true like yeah Did Annie actually ever tell Alvy like my grandma would hate you because you're Jewish? I mean, kinda, or did yeah. he just assume that when he went to dinner? No, he. They said that. I just said that. Oh, I know I she said. said I know said that. I know that she said it, but right. I mean, like in terms of like the reliability of the narrator. Like, oh, okay. right. Is that something that she actually said, or something that he just threw in there? Right. Hmm. 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 Hard, hard to say. Think about. This movie just also, a waste of fucking time. We get Christopher Walken. We get a smooth-faced oh Christopher Walken. Oh my gosh, I didn't even recognize I him. I didn't either. And then it took me a couple scenes, and I stopped everything. And I said, wait, stop. Wait, I have to Wait, <laughs> that is Christopher Walken. Playing Annie's Amazing. brother. Mm, that's true. In which I, I was thinking we should do his movies next. <laughs> and we Maybe. could watch Mousetrap. Seven oh Psychopaths. Oh my gosh, good movie. so good. Hairspray. Fun piece of trivia, though, about Christopher Walken in this movie. Mm-hmm. 
they credited him in the rolling credits at, is his name is misspelled. Yeah, he's Christopher Wallacken. W L A. That is just it's not even remotely his name. Not even close. So so great. They they got the side by side of Annie's family and and Alvy's family. Right, and they are just as different as could be. Diane, not Diane. That's Diane. It is Diane. Annie's family is is genteel and midwestern. There's a polite conversation. Boring. Uh, okay aka and uh it, boring that is hardcore contrasted with alvy's family that is just raucous and gossiping about other family members with diabetes everyone's just yelling and I, yeah it's, it's amazing chaotic yeah it's, it's made my anxiety start to rise a little bit <laughs> yeah so maybe you kind of understand a little bit more yeah. out of alvy if that is indeed true yeah um but i think that like at some point they start talking like across the gap in the screen to right. each other. Yes. It, this happens in a few scenes where they will have like halves of conversations with people who cannot hear or talk to each other, but align perfectly. So what does, what does Christopher Walken talk about? He talks about, uh, in what is, I, uh, tell me if I'm right, because you've studied French. Uh, the, the French term is for it is lapel du vide, uh, where there's this, just like, this impulsive urge you get to do something horribly self-destructive. He talks about when he's driving at night and he sees another car coming in the opposite direction. He has this weird urge to just throw the steering wheel and veer into mm. oncoming traffic. Yeah. We then immediately cut to Christopher Walken driving Annie and Alvy back to their hotel, <laughs> which was probably my favorite wonderful. joke in the movie. <laughs> and with like wide eyed and just like, it's, oh it's dear. interesting though that oh we God. finally meet someone uh, who is as fascinated with death mm-hmm. as Alvi, and Alvi is completely put off by it. So, how is their relationship at this point? Like, they they still good? Question mark. Is this pretty early? Or we're, we're starting to see the wheels come off. We're not quite in the fighting stage that we were earlier in the line for the movie. We're not quite at the laughing happy times we were the lobsters. It's just kind of the, this blah in between. The honeymoon period is over. And we're starting to see the irreconcilable differences between these two people, one of whom is an asshole. So it's after this scene that we see um, Annie walking down the street in New York with one of, we later learn to be one of her professors. And they're a little, they're a little chummy. They're a little buddy buddy because earlier Annie and Alfie had discussed um, maybe not quite an open relationship, but flexibility uh, within the relationship, the possibility of seeing other people. And Alfie, you know, once the, the two split up alvi walks up and was like i saw everything that just happened what were you doing and this is where we get more into the sort of gaslighting uh, perhaps uh, where alvi accuses annie of doing these things that were all alvi's ideas yes so we talk about you know annie straight up tells her this relationship flexibility was your idea i'm just doing that and then later on in the conversation, he Alvi talks about like, well, I don't know why you're taking these classes. Adult education is a terrible idea. And she tells him, Alvi, this was your idea. Mm-hmm. He's like, ah, this wasn't my idea. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So like it's when it suits him. Infuriating. Right. Yeah, it is. Alvi is despite Alvi self-deprecates a lot in this movie. When he, which is when supposed to make you monologues, like, right? Which is supposed to make you like him, but when he's talking to other people, when when the cards are on the table, he never acknowledges his own faults. Yeah, 
which is great. But he right. spends a lot awesome. of time, like, Love I mean, it. like people watching anytime he like interacts with anybody, like mm. he's like, he feels like he's talking to someone who's an idiot. Right. Are we supposed to assume that maybe it's in the, his own, it's in this look back mm-hmm. and this psychoanalysis that this self-deprecation and all of that is coming out and he didn't realize it before. And that's like part of the problem. Or are we led to believe that he knew all along? Uh, no, the, the self-deprecation is kind of always there okay. as part of his, his nebbishness. Sure. Yeah. 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 So, so because of this, because he followed her creep move, yeah, um, and there, there's a discussion of whether or not he was spying on her. <laughs> yeah, she's he's like, he's like, I didn't spying. follow you. I was just spying. I just happened like, to be walking behind you. <laughs> is is spying better no. than following? No, like, no, it's actively worse. Spies typically follow. Spies typically get executed if they're found out. You could follow somebody without spying on. Annie them. has every right to hang Alvi at that point. Like, if I follow someone because I think they know where I'm going or, like, where they're going and I don't know where I'm going, I'm not spying on them. I'm just, like, using, right. you Follow know, Spying clues. has an intent that following does not. Yeah. Definitely worse. Um, yeah, I don't know why he didn't. He just doesn't want to acquiesce to her uh, suggestion or <laughs> accusation. Yeah, he wanted to do like, even though that's could. actually better than what he says. He just doesn't want to agree with her. Yeah, right. Yeah. So he he talks about how like, um, like basically they break up at this point, which like probably a smart move, Annie. Yeah, good definitely for you. a good idea for Annie. You do you, Annie? You don't need this man. Proud of you. Um, and yes, queen. The <laughs> so he's like, I always knew that this would happen. I always fell for. I would fall for the 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 evil queen instead of right. Snow White in the the popular animated film Snow White. I've never heard of it. It's a popular animated film. Um, you know, right. um, bringing this back to Sigourney. Bring it back. Hmm. She's in Snow White: A Tale of Terror, oh. which we will get to. We're we not there yet. How f- I just how far along to- is that? Well, that movie. I mean, that's like in the like 2012. I would imagine. No, no, no. No? It's 1997. Fuck me. So we're still probably about 15 movies away. We're still a a good ways away from that. (laughs) Really far away from. We're very far away from that. Getting back on track. So um, there, there are a couple things before this. After they break up, there, there is a a scene that I enjoy from like a cinematic standpoint, where we see Alvi walking down the sidewalk and like stopping everyone, and they have like a conversation about their like relationship or their love life that i enjoyed i enjoyed the the couple that he approaches and yeah. uh they're basically like we don't talk about anything we're really boring people right i'm very <laughs> shallow and don't talk about anything yes. interesting. and i'm the same way yeah <laughs> like oh and then after this, this makes sense uh we cut to another one of those another moment that i really wanted to like but just couldn't because of the way that annie was portrayed because then at we he just discusses uh, how he watched the movie Snow White as a kid and was always more interested in the evil queen than Snow White. And then we cut to a sort of old school style Disney animated sequence. Yes. Set in like Disney Snow White. 
I think the most Disney thing about this was the fact that you could totally see the evil queen's nip. Wait, what? (laughs) Like, yeah, she had in her like her boobage. um, Yeah, like, like there's just like (laughs) this, like it's supposed. It's sort of made to look like it is like a the way that it drapes, but it's for sure her nipple. Well, I mean, he is sexualizing her, so this makes sense. Yeah. The point I'm trying to make here is that at this point, in, in this sequence, Alvy makes Annie Hall the evil queen, despite the fact that throughout the entirety of the movie, Annie has never done anything to be to be castigated like this. She hasn't done anything wrong. Yeah. So why is she why is she evil other than she isn't like everything that Alvy wants her to be? She is she's a thinking, feeling person with her own thoughts and opinions. Is it the next scene that she calls him? Oh, yes. In John. the middle of... Sorry, John's absolutely right. The night. I'm aware. I saw the nip. <laughs> Let's see. It's, it's, you might have to just get up. Oh, God. Yep. That, that's blatant. Oh, yeah. That's a blatant wow. nip. That's that there's a nip. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. you, yep. can also, you can see her belly button, too. That's a... Oh, yeah, you can. She basically isn't wearing any clothes. Yeah, she's wearing clothes, but they're see-through. Um, <laughs> so good, uh, great. Anyways, um, it's a very I, strange scene. I'm yeah. an expert at spotting nips where they may appear. I liked I liked the shift into animation. I thought it was a cool. Uh, I thought it was a, a cool choice cinematically. Hmm. I just don't like like what was done with it. Hmm. Probably pretty like groundish breaking for, for the, the time, time certainly and now the, the, so i'll talk about this more after when we're talking after the plot and we're talking more about like overarching feelings of the movie. but there is a lot of like structural wise this was a very influential movie and you can see that a lot through films that come after it like recently like the big short mm-hmm. uh, the way that we'll just like stop to explain something yeah sometimes in like a wildly different format that, that comes a lot from this movie specifically yeah okay so annie calls uh, just yeah. as Alvy has some, Alvy's got Alvy a writer has, has freshly what involved with somebody is else. Is it the writer? No, no, it's no, the this girl is, who couldn't. This, no, she was um a journalist who covered like uh the Rolling Stones a lot. Yeah, yeah, and Bob Dylan, and some sort of uh, guru of some sort. And she's when like, we see them together. Oh, I'm so sorry. It took me so long to finish. And right. he's like, I'll I'll get the feeling <laughs> back in my mouth, which <laughs> someday, which is oddly progressive. For yeah, like a movie in nineteen ninety seventy seven. I feel like. Yeah. Also, it's like a big step for Alvy because you know he right. didn't get anything. He doesn't it. strike me as the kind that would hmm. finish his partner. <laughs> right. <laughs> he, like care at all. Right. Yeah. It seems like he would. Maybe he's uh, he's doing his penis. Be done. penance. Penance. For doing his penance. <laughs> That's not how you pen- say penis. Penis. No. <laughs> uh, penance. <laughs> penance. I believe she was doing Close his it. penis. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she was doing the penance after, you know, breaking up with Annie. Yeah. Feeling that he should do certain things. So she's a more giving lover. She yeah. calls and you get the sense, like, you don't hear what she's saying on the phone, but you get the sense that there's some sort of emergency. It's an emergency. And right. he says, what kind of emergency? Which is a big clue that it was an emergency. Right. And she says, <laughs> just come here. I need you right now. And uh, so he arrives and she's like, there's a spider in the bathroom. Also, I have my notes. Are these her 3 a.m. cargo shorts? Or sh- cargo pants, maybe? Do you they were they were awesome. 
business idea. 3 a.m. cargo shorts. 3 a.m. cargo shorts. <laughs> so you can hold things while you sleep. Also, 3M 3 a.m. cargo shorts that are also That's sticky. too far. Brought too to far. you by the makers of Post-it Notes. <laughs> and everything else. And, the, I don't know, bombers probably. So we go to... Shh, there's oh, a something spider. I noti- something I noticed, actually, as he was walking into the apartment uh, to kill the spider is that the pictures of the lobsters mm. and him holding them are on the wall behind him. Oh, because she still loves him, despite the fact that he has no redeeming qualities. Uh, he, he has, he does have no redeeming qualities, but she's she's still at least hung up on him. Whether or not she like actively loves him at this point right. is a different thing. Yeah. Uh, it, this And this is another scene where we get more hypocrisy. Uh, be, because before Alvy goes to kill the spiders, he finds like a ticket stub from a rock concert that she had gone to and was like oh what is what is this you, you you're dating someone else why don't you get the other guy to come kill the spider and then later on when asked directly asked when i called you was there a woman in your bed he's like no no it's just the just the tv no he says it was the radio at i mean the tv yeah <laughs> clearly a lie but i'm she not lying him on yeah tv it was a book i was it was an audio book it was the tv it's a book it was alexa <laughs> <laughs> it was siri uh so eventually i think she's like i miss you and i think we should get back together and i think we should never break up again right she wants to spend the rest of her life with him for, for some reason and and alvi is standoffish about this he's not willing to make that big of a commitment he wants yeah he wants this relationship in the way that he wants it when he wants it right. like it's just he all it about his him. terms yeah yeah so I think the next scene after this, at least the next scene that I wrote a note about, yes. is um, Annie gets finished singing at a, another club. She's much more successful this time right. than earlier in the film. She, it's, it's years have gone on. She's gotten better at her profession. And um, she's approached by an agent. A couple industry professionals. Well, so going back to that scene, though, yeah. they do get back together. They do, yes. They do. Yeah. They do. Yeah. They, <laughs> they make out on the bed. And it's unclear if Alvy goes like back to his apartment with his with stay where that girl like, is what what's what happens to her <laughs> do you think i wonder he her li- she lives there now the rest yeah. of the movie <laughs> she just stays yeah, you there. can just have this she haunts it like a ghost <laughs> yeah. she gets she gets noticed after singing um at this at this nightclub Snoticed. by noticed noticed by paul simon noticed by uh, by a paul simon by a certain paul simon not not paul simon but paul simon in a role Right. It's not him. But right. It's, it's not like, ah, featuring Paul Simon at this nightclub. No, no uh, Paul but Simon it is, is playing. But it is a, Paul a Simon. Talent agent. It's Paul Simon, <laughs> but it's not Paul Simon, is the point I'm trying to make. I think here. there's a cleaner yeah. way to say this. No, definitely not. No. She's That's noticed it. by Paul Simon. Tony. Tony Lacey. Tony Lacey. Who is who Paul is Simon? Paid, played by. Paid by Paul Simon. Paid by Paul Simon <laughs> to kill Paul Annie Simon. Hall. <laughs> And to impersonate Paul Simon. Again, would have been a much better movie. <laughs> Someone took a hit out on Annie. Actually, there is not a cleaner way to say that. <laughs> no, no, there's not. Um, As out. we have made evidence. Um, so, yeah. Um, but Alvi is like... So, she, he invites her to a party. Because right. he wants to talk to her more about advancing about, her career as a singer. Yes. Which is why I say Snowdust. Because there's now then... What? Coke afterwards. But anyway. But Alvi says... N- n- no. Right, they don't go to the party because Alvy doesn't want to, which is a huge dick move on what what could be a big great opportunity for opportunity her. Opportunity yeah. for her. He's like, she's like feeling it. And but is it because he it, feels 
um intimidated by yeah. the same Tony reason Lacey? he yeah. didn't want to be at the industry party with his second wife right right because he has not changed at all right he's still a terrible person who does not appreciate the people with whom he's in a relationship yeah well i mean so womp, womp, the question womp, is womp, womp, womp. is he intimidated by like her success or is it even worse than that it would make her happy without making him happy i do think i, I also I, yeah i Sorry, I thought it was he was also intimidated by right. Tony Lacey himself and like him kind of coming on to Annie. I, I think he sees yeah, there's a little bit of that. I also think there's a big part of it as like with this, Annie will be like further in her show business career than mm-hmm. Alvy is and he can't he can't live with that. Oh. He he sees like success as a zero sum game. Where it, it whenever someone else gets ahead, it like takes away from him which is not at all how that works yeah so next i think we see a split screen therapy session mm-hmm. so you see um this annie in her therapy session and you see alvi in his therapy session and they're talking about their sex life a right. lot they're, they're talking about their sex life saying the exact same things but in different ways perhaps best exemplified by like this, this sharing of lines where like we we barely have sex only three times a week and then annie says oh, we have sex all the, all time, the time three times a week about three times a week yeah yeah classic yeah so i mean the same and i mean that's that's one way of saying like they both are taking out totally different things not just from right. their sex life but from the relationship as a whole they have absolutely yeah. different perspectives that they're not communicating to each other yeah and even well I think even if they were communicating them to each other, I don't know that that would help. Well, anything. yeah, actually, I think um, if it, Annie is trying to communicate those to Alvy, hmm. but he's not listening. He's not having any of it. Yeah, I mean, I think if they if they communicated effectively the things that they're saying to their therapists, they would be like, "Oh yeah, right. We shouldn't be together. Oh, we're <laughs> right. yeah. incompatible people." Which is the correct answer, right? Then I just have sneezes, cocaine all over. Yes, I have the right. coke sneeze, notes, but I like. I don't think I was super clear on like how they got here or who these people so were. So they're they're like um I think it's at a dinner party of some sort with two friends of theirs who'd recently gone on vacation to California and brought back some shiny new this crazy new drug that all the kids are doing out on the West Coast called cocaine. Mm-hmm. And so they are like trying to get uh th- the two of them want to do something. They want to get Alvy and Annie to join in on it, and Alvy's Alvy's not so sure about it because he doesn't want to put anything up his nose. And the one time he took did like weed at a party, he got all freaked out. I think he's a too wonderful at some point. Not maybe not this time, but he's like, oh, if I do, if I do drugs, if I have alcohol, I or get if, too I have, if I have weed, I get just too wonderful. <laughs> right. Everybody, everybody loves me too much. I, I don't mm. know if that's what he meant. I think what he meant he more wonderful and like the old, like fantastical sort of outlandish. Mm. Either way, full of wonder. I don't think he means when he gets high, he's the greatest person and everyone loves him <laughs> and he doesn't want that. He clearly wants that. Um, but I thought anyway. that he was saying it with like sarcasm, like too wonderful, oh. like actually unbearable. Oh, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, because he, he never like says what he actually is thinking. Right. So this is kind of, I guess the first step on her way out of New York 
Right. Really. It's mm-hmm. after this scene that we see the two of them go to California. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but it's, they go to California for her career. Him. For him? Oh yeah. Because she has, he's has a spot. He has a, he's going to be on some show. His friend Rob, who's also a comedian has moved out to California yeah. and has his own sitcom. So he was going to be on the show, but then he gets too sick. No. Oh no. He's supposed to present an award. Star oh Wars yes. Yeah. He, so, uh, they go out to California for Alvy. Um, because he gets a, a job presenting an award on some TV show. Right. Yes. But, but he gets too sick to do Rob. it. Right. Yeah. He's visiting Rob before that. And who has a sitcom and he keeps adding laugh tracks in. And this just makes Alvy like, he just hates it. Dyspeptic. <laughs> He's just not. Is not this what makes it. him sick? <laughs> it's at this point that he gets sick. This is where we see him start to feel bad. It's yeah. unclear whether or not that is caused it's just by like, that. Oh, he absolutely didn't get sick, though. Yeah, the doctor comes in and then says, like, hey, you have no other right. symptoms. He's, he's like, right. why don't you just eat this plain chicken? And he's like, oh, chicken. I can't eat the chicken. It's That's why I'm saying, like, I think he was just so upset about the laugh track. No, it's like stuff. as soon as as soon as Annie tells him that they got a replacement for him, he starts eating the chicken. Right? Yeah. And he's like, give me the salt. So he's not sick. Right. Like, it's period. A, it's psychosomatic. Well, I know. That's what I'm saying. Or he's just faking possibly to get out of it yeah yeah or it's actually psychosomatic which would actually make sense as well right i think it's actually psychosomatic (sighs) there you go hard to say hard to say give me that chicken though i was watching that and i was like "Mm, i kind of want some chicken i could go for a nice rotisserie chicken Chicken. guys i only have two more notes left and i know that they are both from which this is the point where i was like I'm just gonna watch the movie. I'm just gonna watch the movie from here on out, but yeah. I don't think there's actually that much. Movie no, there's left. not. There is. There's. I mean, there's still stuff that happens. Yeah, stuff worth discussing. N- neither of these are them. Right. Um, <laughs> so when they're at Tony Lacey's house and he like offers Annie a place to like live out there and work on an album, right? Advance her career in a major way. Yeah, and uh, I just wrote down that this guy who's like sitting on a couch watching a movie says. I'm into garbage. It's my thing. <laughs> no, uh, Alfie says that. Alfie. Oh, yeah. When they're Alfie discussing, says like, that. So he's talking to someone from Los Angeles. Yeah. They're discussing the differences between the city and how Los Angeles is so much cleaner. Yeah. And Alfie, like, g- flippantly remarks, I'm into garbage. That's my thing. I'm into garbage. It's my thing. Also, you are note, garbage. My John. note from this scene was Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum is in this. Later on, Tony Lacey's so getting... He's so baby faced. And he uh, says that he forgot his mantra. Yeah. And I wrote, hint, it's, um, uh, what? Uh, it's, uh, uh, life, uh, uh, finds uh, a way. Oh, well, wow. Well. Um, well, yeah. Mm, uh, uh, yes. Well, uh, uh, this is not a Jeff Goldblum podcast. This is a Sigourney Weaver podcast. Can we make it a Jeff we Goldblum can. podcast? When does Sigourney Weaver show up? Because this well, is when I stopped taking all, notes. We're not there yet. I've stopped We're getting there. We're getting notes. there. So it, it is on the flight back from Los Angeles. Uh, to New York that they finally we, we hear internal monologues uh, from the, both of them thinking about how wow I just realized this relationship is going nowhere and we should break up but I don't know if I have the guts to do that and then and then they just do it they just Annie I think Annie says like this relationship isn't really working the way either of us wants it to and they end things right then and there yeah, yeah. And, and she moves to California they are dividing up their stuff, and I thought that this was particularly poignant because he found the the book that she he bought on, for her on denying the denial of death. I think the book was called. Yeah, and 
uh, that he bought for her when they were at the bookstore way earlier in the movie. And she, she's like, this is yours. And she hands it to him. And she's like, that is like a huge weight off my shoulders because he has tried to saddle her with yeah. his right. baggage and, she <laughs> and he's not able to it. do it. And, um, and she's moving to LA, which represents like a more carefree approach to right. life. Like everyone out there basically hovers three inches above the ground and yeah. it's just being blown about on a gentle breeze and they're all stoned neither like they and they just there are a lot of parallels between new york and los angeles that are made and they, you know new york is described as a city that's dying it's it's a dirty city of of garbage and los angeles is like this city of new growth and opportunity and and cleanness mm, mm-hmm. yeah so she actually goes out there yeah and he sort of like Butzes around with some people yeah. and he's he tries to recreate different scene like different things that have happened that were you know maybe formative in his relationship with annie yeah. like the yeah. lobsters yeah he's yeah. got a new and person yeah same scene the lobsters are everywhere again and uh she she's He's really confused <laughs> She's just like, pick up the lobsters. He's like, ugh, this happens every time. (laughs) Uh, What's wrong with you? (laughs) He's like, I'm not the same since I quit smoking. And she's like, when did you quit smoking? He's like, 16 years ago. Like, oh, was that supposed to be funny? (laughs) Was that a joke? Yeah. You know, it's probably at least 36 years old. So he clearly stopped smoking at a very early age when most people start smoking. I think that's the joke there well also she's like you quit smoking 16 years ago and you're still not like oh yeah back to normal right (laughs) or or you haven't realized i gotta get out of here this is i haven't been myself since i stopped smoking you are yourself there's just a new yourself or like maybe you should just start smoking again (laughs) right Right. point like uh because you're kind of awful right completely maybe that would help yeah eventually he goes back to california i don't remember if there's anything between alvy calls annie on the phone and basically says i love you come back to new york and she says no i don't feel that way about you anymore life is better for me here i'm staying here so he does the only reasonable rational thing and flies to california and calls her from california from a payphone like, and says i'm here to bring you back to new york and she's like oh my I, God. I never wanted you to do that no he meets her at a health food restaurant. On uh, what's that very famous Is it LA like street, Hollywood, like Sunny Hollywood? Sunset? Sunset, yeah, I think it's Sunset Boulevard. He, at a health food restaurant where he orders alfalfa sprouts and m- mashed, mashed yeast. yeast. Yes. <laughs> no one oh, would eat so mashed great. yeast. Uh, Disgusting. That's the joke, Wonderful. John. It's an exaggeration, I, like everything else in this movie. I don't think it's even on the menu actually, because like, who would have that? So uh, Annie meets him there, and they have a discussion. That's Out of the, funny. like, oh, I got to okay. say, props okay. to Annie for even showing up. For real, though. Yeah. He, she doesn't owe him anything at this she, point. No, not at all. Especially since it's probably not going to be a great conversation. And she's happy, and she told him she didn't want to move back and love him. And his, like you said, very rational response was just to show up unannounced and say, in this guess who's huge here? Car. Also, come pick me up from LAX. Not only that, but like calls her from the airport and says, I'm here to bring you back to New York. Something yeah. you already said you did not yeah. want to do. 
what i did make a note of in this conversation was doesn't he does he just lead with so you want to get married or what yeah something like that <laughs> it's just you know he knows what he wants at least i think he's like at this point i think he, he's like he, i'm here to ask you to marry me right. or something along those lines but then later like i know i'm pretty sure he says he so does. you want to get married or what he does after after she's like says in a nice way no that, that doesn't actually just go no right <laughs> after after she like in a nice way is like you know i'm really happy here i have all this I, I just really like this place i like my job i like what i'm doing he's like so you want to get married or what <laughs> and uh i thought wow that's really romantic yeah. yeah i well if i had been proposed to like that i'm pretty sure i would have said oh yeah oh, is that not what yeah, you said baby when you were proposed to yeah but he he missed his opportunity to say you want to get married or what <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't seem like something that he so would good. Say. No. Uh And so they the conversation ends shortly. Um, Annie leaves before she even gets a chance to look at the menu. She would have gotten mashed yeast. She probably would have gotten garbanzo beans in uh, in hummus. Sure. I'm trying to think of other health food things do you know that hummus is like mostly made of garbanzo beans John, right it's a <laughs> it's a goddamn joke mashed yeast also isn't a thing yeah but they aren't like and to be fair hummus is made of chickpeas <laughs> yeah did you know that chickpeas and garbanzo beans are the same thing john it's a joke much like alfalfa sprouts and mashed yeast isn't a good dish garbanzo beans and hummus would not be a good dish either because it would just but, be but it would just be but hummus at that point. No, it would be hummus and pre-hummus. Oh, I can't even I can't even handle you can't right even now. With you. <laughs> so after this, uh Alvi flies back to New York. He mentions that He does go and see Rob though. And yes. I just made a n- <laughs> I made Rob a note a about hood. his wonderful hood. Oh. <laughs> to block just out like the alpha rays. Re- radiation yeah. from the sun. It's reflective and wonderful. What and is an alpha ray? It has Flaps for, it's like eye protection too. Yeah. Built-in like, sunglasses. Yeah, so you can still awesome. see through it. It's great. Um, he mentioned so, so while he's good. talking to Annie, they're talking about their various careers, and it's pretty clear that Annie has advanced in her career while Alvy's in basically the exact same place. Uh, but he mentions that he's working on a play, and so Alvy then flies back to New York, having not convinced Annie, and we see two actors rehearsing this play, saying basically word for word the conversation that annie and alvi had at the restaurant however in this version it ends with the two of them getting back together there is a happy ending for alvi i found that really creepy i found it weirdly like i felt like alvi was doing in that moment with that play the exact same thing that woody allen was doing with annie hall exactly it was a very meta scene yeah. I, I even had in uh, in my notes and then alvi makes his own annie hall at the end right because despite like and then he like i think someone else in the in the theater is like isn't this like a little autobiographical and he's like no no it's like you know it's it's not at all which is basically exactly what woody allen said about yeah. annie hall yeah. despite the fact that it very closely parallels his actual relationship oh, yeah. history you know having been in two failed marriages and then in a relationship 
literally in real life with Diane Keaton <laughs> when this movie was made. Oh gosh. <laughs> yikes. Um that's so And yikes. then and then and then and then Annie comes back to New York Annie and they meet in front of a movie theater back on again. a double date. Uh, Annie's back. Where who do we see? And Alvy's girlfriend or date is Sigourney Weaver. She appears from far away. You can't Our even see her has face. Graced us with her presence. The, <laughs> the camera is across the street. We can't hear what they're talking about. <laughs> nope. We just see a taller than Very everyone tall. else redhead. Yep. She's beautiful. <laughs> she is on screen for maybe five three, seconds three to Thank five you. seconds thank you so much to our listeners for <laughs> for sticking around <laughs> for uh, until this point uh, because we know that you came here for sigourney you did and we know that listen to us you i mean here to hear about sigourney. i came here for sigourney you came here for your sigourneys you came here for your spider queens and your gelatinous, gelatinous fish monsters, monsters and bears your natural humans man bear non-bear man persons. we will deliver it may take us a while but Sigourney, Sigourney will always come arrived. through for you. We're through. We're out of the woods now. Every movie that we watch from here on out will have at least 10 minutes of Sigourney. <laughs> I think so, yes. We'll have significantly larger portions of Sigourney. You will be able to hear her voice yes. in those movies. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So we, we see Sigourney is just Alvi's next, next date, most recent person. She doesn't even get a name. Yeah. She and doesn't. then... And then we and then get the movie's over. Uh, no, there's not. It's not over because we get a montage of flashbacks of okay. scenes that we had already seen of mm-hmm. points in Annie and Alvy's relationship. And she's singing again. She is singing a song. Roll credits. She's singing. Yeah. Seems like old times. Appropriate. Mm-hmm. I read that in this for this movie they filmed ten times the amount like the the time of the movie they yeah. they did about 10 times that much um shooting well that's good that's probably what we just did with this podcast yeah, if we're being yeah. Honest. <laughs> well we're, we're gonna edit out at least half of that how'd our girl do how'd our girl do how'd our girl do how did sigourney weaver do in this you movie? know she swooped in at the end and uh stole her heart saved it for me i think yeah i think she managed to stand out in a crowded field of of woody allen of Diane Keaton, these heavy hitters, yeah. in our girl's very first role, she so managed great. to stand there very naturally and be a part of the scene. I I totally I totally believed her character. I knew yeah. it was coming because I had read about it yeah. and I still missed it. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, I mean, our girl John did great. Is o for one no, with the first Sigourney, right Sigourney now. sightings. Yep. She wasn't she wasn't supposed to steal the scene, and she didn't. And you know. Our girl did good. I don't know. She stole the scene from me. I mean, the first. Well, that's because you're you're a spider queen. No, I think she did. She did well. She she really stood there. She <laughs> did. Look at she you. existed. You Walked stood up. There. Stood there. It's beautiful. Mm. Olivia, what did you think of this movie as a whole? Um, it's probably not a movie I would have watched if I wasn't yeah. watching it for Sigourney, and Which, having seen it. Looking for Sigourney. Um, in that way, it's a little underwhelming. <laughs> Would you recommend this movie to a, say, a podcast listener that's mm. never seen Annie Hall before? Yeah, I mean, it's a good one. It's for the romantic comedy genre. It's it's important, I think, 
it's like it's this first step right and it's a very different movie than and you know the rom-coms of of now Mm -hmm. are and i think it's a it's a more a truer look at at what a relationship and a like a failed relationship can be and it doesn't end in a in a spot that you would think it would but i don't know not necessarily a bad way to end since nobody likes alfie <laughs> so you're kind of satisfied by right annie hall getting away from him right. i like the fact that it's kind of the um corollary to Ooh, big words right to um to like your average rom-com yeah. because in a rom-com someone goes through some sort of change and then they they get the girl right you know and the conflict is the catalyst for their love to right. be you we know have these, these two people crystallized. who are completely different and then over the course of the movie they as their character arcs progress they they see they're not that different after all they fall in love this is the reverse of that they don't change right and they don't fall they in have love. They, they fall in love at first but as their characters progress, they they realize their differences and, and the relationship deteriorates. Yeah. And the relationship is not as important as maintaining your neuroses. Right. As continuing to live in New York. Maybe it's a picture of if you cannot change yourself and you can't move, you can't look past yourself in a relationship. I mean, you're, it's not going to work right. if you can't do that. In what about you, John? Did you like this movie? I did. Um, yeah, I like it. I would, I think I would recommend it. Like, um, I thought that the, like the storytelling mode was really well thought out Mm -hmm. and well executed, I thought. Um, and like, while I didn't like Alvi as a character, I did find that the story was believable. Yeah. It's a good one to, cr- to cross off your list. Um, I think cause like Olivia was saying, it seems pretty like foundational to, mm-hmm. to like that whole genre. So if you like rom-coms, you should probably watch it so that you feel way better about every other rom-com <laughs> that you're ever going to watch. <laughs> um, well, and you can rip, rip those other rom-coms apart yeah. Yeah. based on this. <laughs> in a way the storytelling element i think is is an important one to call out because it right. is so it's so disjointed but watching it the the through thread is so evident the whole time mm-hmm. that you don't feel disoriented but it would be easy to feel that you know if 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 it hadn't been done as well as it was yeah i'm going to i'm going to go out on a limb here and disagree with you i i did not enjoy this movie I don't think I would recommend it to someone who'd never seen it before. I think cinematically, it is a very, very interesting movie. I think as a director, Woody Allen makes a lot of really cool and interesting choices yeah. with like the the devices like breaking the fourth wall and the animated sequence. Those are all very interesting and, and, and cool to watch, but that's been done a lot now. It's not as maybe novel as it was in 1977. So, you know, if you want to see that, you can see it in in better movies that aren't about completely unlikable people. You yeah. can watch, you know, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, for example. I think... Or Deadpool. I from think a completely there, academic a... perspective, that is, sure, it's worth watching from that if you do want to see, like, the origins of a lot of 
cinematic devices or the modern rom-com genre, but I just, Alvi as a character is so completely unlikable that that is not enough for me to enjoy watching this movie that's trying to tell me to sympathize with someone with whom I cannot sympathize. Good talk. It was a good talk. Where would you put this movie? on the definitive list of every Sigourney movie we've watched. Well, Benjamin, well, I would uh, say it's one, one out, out of one. one. Great. It is simultaneously the best and worst Sigourney mo- <laughs> Weaver movie we have watched. Yeah. Until next week when we watch Madman. Madman, a little teaser about this movie that I'm sure none of you have heard of. We'll get more into what exactly Madman is, uh, but all I'll we'll say about it now is this quote from Sigourney Weaver many years after the fact. When asked about Madman in an interview, she said, I've never seen it, and it was never released. <laughs> what but, is this movie? But we have it. Find out. We, <laughs> we found a copy, a VHS copy, for $6 on eBay. We have it, and we're going to tell you everything you need to know about it. And, and not only are we going to tell you everything you need to know about it, we're also going to walk you scene by scene through this movie, explaining who each character is oh and bringing you every single thing because you, you will never see it because you won't see it because I <laughs> unless think you bought... do have six dollars in an ebay account <laughs> uh, nope nobody you can't because i bought that one if it's even for sale on ebay anymore. i think there's another one on amazon for ten dollars it's Ooh, hard to find too this much movie barely yeah. exists we'll Don't get more into it but if you're excited episode. to hear to hear more about sigourney weaver being in a movie her, that you've never do we heard know of. so jim do we know how much of this movie <laughs> as opposed to you know, three to five seconds. What's her screen time? We can talk more about that in the next episode. She's on the front of the. She the gets oh, she is. Billing oh, okay. After yeah. Michael Beck. Great. Um, F. Mary Abraham gets third billing. Third under Sigourney Weaver. Under Sigourney. Woo! She's already, Excellent. She's well, already beaten out men. You I, guys. Uh, this is great. I'm more, very excited. More about that. Join us next time to hear this and more other discussions of Madman. <laughs>